Today is Tuesday, January 9th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Uh, today we talk about Catholic interpretation and selling your soul. Um, would you sell your soul for a can of water? I don't know. Let's talk about it. Um, then we talk a little bit about answering Trinity questions for a Muslim. So uh, we walk the guy through. This is the Trinity. This is what we believe. And I don't know if it's like indoctrination or their, their religious beliefs won't allow to understand the Christian perspective of the Trinity. But no matter how many times we talk, it's like, but it's three gods. It's three gods, right? Bro, it is not. No, it's not. Here's how it is. Anyway, so short of, you know, the Holy Spirit and spiritual discernment like the Bible talks about, uh, people are not going to understand this. Um, at best, they could maybe sort of quasi-understand it on paper. But, but to really like have it sink in, it's going to take spiritual discernment from God. Um, but that means start at step one. That's how you get spiritual discernment. Start with the life of Christ, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus, who is God, made flesh, took our sin, can forgive us and give us eternal life and make us born again if we just ask. It's a gift without price. So if you start there, then God himself, the Holy Spirit, will live in you and guide you into truth and understanding and you will have spiritual discernment. So a lot of these questions, things you thought were really difficult and didn't make any sense, will start to just kind of click together in ways that the natural man cannot perceive or understand, as demonstrated by this talk. Anyway, so check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a t-shirt, doggy shirt, coffee mug, whatever. And support this podcast, sharing the gospel with people on the internet. Take care. Have an awesome day. See you later. So... While I continue to wander the desert of Clubhouse, I don't know. You get what you get. So maybe uh, if no one else wants to talk, you can just hear me rant until I'm done. And uh, I, I have limited time anyways when I have a meeting. So is Yvette to her? Yeah, Yvette. I, I've had this. <laughs> it's funny that you um you were having such a, oh, as I live and breathe. Wow. You made, is that like a attempt at Latin? Christophanus? Is that, is that like Latin or a Greek attempt? I don't remember. Anyways, it's funny that you've had the same uh, same chats with um, our Catholic and Orthodox friends that um, that I've been having on um, Facebook with other people who are exactly the same. And uh, yeah, I, I just finally like throw my hands up. I'm like, look, if God has mercy, I don't know how, how far his mercy extends, but hopefully it's through the merry worship and idolatry. I mean, you know, veneration. Um so, you know, hopefully you believe correctly about enough things that, you know, God has mercy on you and you somehow make it to heaven. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't know what else to go. It's like the indoctrination is real. Um, Chris, I'm trying to invite you. Let me know if you don't get up here. There you are. But the indoctrination is too real. Um, and the first thing they do is just like, well, you know, how can you, uh, how can you possibly know um, uh, your interpretation is right? Because I have eyes and I can read. So if it was like, you know, the secret to eternal life is in the fifth cycle of the seventh sun of the 15th seal of Zenu, I'd be like, wow, I need a prophet to interpret that for me. I need a historian and like, uh, I need someone to help me understand what that means. But it's like, repent. It's like, okay, what, what does repent mean? Turn, go the other way. Okay, okay, that's pretty hard to mess up. And believe what does believe mean? Okay, I think I have a handle on believe. Um, the gospel. What is the gospel? And then you read the words of Jesus. Um, so it's like repent and believe the gospel and have eternal life. 
And if you believe that he is the Messiah in his death, burial, and resurrection, and all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's like if you believe this stuff um, and ask Jesus to forgive you, because he has the power to forgive, because that's what he says. And, uh, you know, he raised himself from the dead. And uh, that's it. He gives freely the waters of eternal life to anyone who asks without payment. And the good thing is if that somehow needed interpretation, it says it over and over and over and over. So it's it, it's almost foolproof, except clearly not. Um, but I mean, it should be to, to the, just the sincere person who just like reads what's on the paper and doesn't have to twist and contort it to make it fit some other kind of agenda. Um, Cause they have like, you know, a couple other things that they have to like weave this web and make it all fit up. Like, I don't know, 2000 years of man's tradition on top of that scripture. Um, I can see how that'd be a little problematic and you'd need some clever person to interpret that for you because you've got a lot of extra material you've got to make fit. But if you just read the pure gospel, the pure text in the Bible, um, it's like repent and believe over and over and over. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How do I interpret you will be saved? You you won't be saved? Well, no, that doesn't sound right. You may sort of kind of be, you will, you will be saved. So anyway, I don't know where I was going with that other than I share your frustration and I've kind of given up. It's like, look, I'll, I'll spit out the line a couple times. And when they, the first thing they do is like, how do you interpret? I'm like, what's your answer? And they're like, well, Ignatius, well, Antioch, well, church father, don't care. Nope, nope, nope. If you need someone to interpret, repent and believe the gospel, you're beyond my help. Um, Chris Christophanus, what is your sage words today? Oh, man. Um, I was up late last night talking with our friends about paradox. So that's on my mind. Our and friends I'm... or our friends? I need you to interpret that. Oh, <laughs> like all of the, all the Calvinists that hang out together. That must like, be like the seedy underbelly of Clubhouse. It is I the seedy under, underbelly for sure. It's like 15 of us. But... Yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really good... It was like Jesse and... <laughs> Surprisingly, is the world population of Calvinists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're so, all in Clubhouse. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you're we talking about like... Um, you know how you have seeming contradictions in the mm -hmm. scripture? Well, some of those can be resolved. Some of those cannot be resolved. So like the really easy ones are like, you know... Oh, uh, there's this discrepancy in numbers, and then you do a little bit more research, and you find out it's just like either a scribal gloss or you know something like that. So it's easily explained. But there are some things that are seeming contradictions, like the identity property of the Trinity, that we just take on faith, and we're just like, you know, yeah, the Bible says three persons, one essence. Well, what does that mean? Well, we can give it a bunch of gobbledygook, but at the end of the day, we're just accepting it on faith. And so that was kind of the discussion last night. And there's, you know, there's people that don't like that. They're like, no, I can fully explain God. And I'm like, cool. Awesome. And no, so why would no, you, you can't. settle on that and not uh, have someone else, like another man, um, interpret that for you? Maybe wearing right. a robe and a funny hat. Exactly. Because it's just a man in a robe and a funny hat. I mean... My son has a Pope costume that he wears on Reformation Day so that the <laughs> little kids can beat him with pillows. Doesn't make him authoritative. Just makes him a kid in a 
Pope costume. Does that make no, him kind I'm, of a martyr? Or no, they're beating him rightly because he's a pope. He's the pope. Yeah, so, yeah, no, seriously, like, the four-year-old hitting him with pillows on Reformation Day is hilarious. That and he's is... just <laughs> laughing. It's like these tiny little Asian girls just, you're the pope, you're bad. Oh, that's funny. And... Is it not great? See, this is why you need to do Reformation Day with your kids. It's great fun. The very second Albanian walks in the room, you're making a pope joke. I mean, I mean, the Pope is kind of making a joke of himself at this point, right? Like, at least well, Francis. I, I, you know, I would I would like an answer. Like, yeah, yeah. Albanian, like, really. Um, forget everything between Protestants and Catholics. Um, just this Pope right now, not even the beginning of his term or appointment or whatever you call it. Um, but, I mean, right now, like, the things he's doing... Do you or your Catholic friends like still really like support him, or you're just like, well, I don't really like what he's doing, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of stuck. I mean, we kind of gotta show allegiance to him. Or are you seeing like yourself or other people like, uh, no, this this guy does not speak for me. Or are you saying like, no, all this like terrible, terrible stuff he's doing is not in his official office, so it's okay. What, what do you think about that, Albanian? Hey, uh, good morning, America. Uh, here is afternoon. Um, yeah, I don't believe what Chris is saying, but I believe everything Pope is saying because the Pope uh, is guided by the Holy Spirit and he's not going to fail. Jesus promised that. So the church is not going to fail anytime, Chris, or anyone okay, else. So maybe the last thing I can go on the Catholic thing, because that's, that's taken all the oxygen of everyone for the last like month. So you're saying the Pope and his like blessing of, of gay people and stuff like that, that's totally led by the Holy Spirit, and that's fine, and that's that's your uh, final position? I'm so can a, answer. Yeah, uh, can a Pope bless sinners? Okay, that's your answer. Uh, let's move on. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I'm asking, can, can, I have a, can I have a question? Can a Pope bless a sinner? Bless, bless a sinner? Right, why would you bless sinners? What's the point? But aren't we all sinners, Chris? We all have fallen short from well, the glory of God. Well, there's definitely a difference between a redeemed person and a non-redeemed person. So, uh, do uh, I mean, can a pastor bless someone? We don't do blessings like that. All right. Well, because you're Calvinist. Christians, we do, but Calvinists, I don't. <laughs> I'm, you're, I'm, you're, I'm... you're elected. You're elected, hey, I know. I hey, know. Uh, you're, you're different. Uh, hey, Nate, when was the last time your pastor, like, put on a funny hat and blessed you with some no, no, kind of, please, like, please, oil? Stick, stick wait, wait, Albanian. Albanian, this is going to be short. Like, I don't want Catholicism, again, to be a conversation, but I'm not Calvinist, and we also don't do blessings, so... You know, no, I know, because not, not he speaks always uh, about the Pope, and he lies about him. Uh, and I don't know why. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't talk about his doctrine. So many people confronting him to talk about his doctrine, but he, he's speaking about flying monkeys. Uh, I don't I know mean, why he's attacking the Pope. Well, that's like harkening back to like six months ago. Yeah. He just, well, Albanian is just a slanderer because he doesn't have any arguments. I've had to actually teach him Catholicism in order for him to understand well, I, it in the I'll, first place. Well, I'll say that to you, not to me. I have arguments. You don't. You don't have arguments. You just oh, I'm so glad I didn't have arguments. Uh, I, I invited you to, 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 to debate your doctrine, your fake doctrine, and you refused. You, you didn't send me anything. You say you're going to send me tons of things, 
and how the things are going to go, you just refuse. Well, I mean, you don't. You don't. If you're you going to just use Chris, ad homs, if you're just going to use ad homs, I'm not going to really engage you. Well, right? you promised me on a recorded room, I've got a recorded room where you said, uh, you, you're going to send me everything. You're going to send me and the way he's going to go. Said, so I said, if know. you would like to debate in a written debate, because I know that English isn't your first language, and I respect that. If you would like in a written debate to talk about justification by faith alone, we can do that. But then you turned right around, not less than 24 hours later, and just started using ad homs in another room. And so I don't care to debate somebody who's just calling names. That's all. What names did I call? Are you still lying about me as well? No. Well, what <laughs> names? What names? You, you just throwing things out there just like with a pop. Uh, hang, hang on real quick. <laughs> Steph, I appreciate that. I, I told Chris I'd figure out later for your modness. But, yeah. So, a so deal's I don't, a I, deal, Nate. So I, I don't know how this is going to go. But I, I don't know. Like I, I need to find you two wayward people a, a place to, to get along. Maybe it's with like no one being a mod. Like Maybe that's it. Um, hopefully people don't just like yell and scream or if they do yell and scream, like, I don't know, take, take solace in it or do one of those inverted things where like, you know, yelling is joy and like happiness is pain or something. So Nate, uh, I'm, for I'm sorry time, for what? calling you the queen of heretics. You might uh, be like Nate. a, like a well, princess. Well, Joanna, something. Joanna just called Steph my wife. She's like, your wife is rude. I'm like, who? I'm like, you mean Steph? Like no. <laughs> yeah, Nate. Nate, can I say something? Um, Not about Catholicism. Yeah, okay. So next time when people like Chris come and lie about the Catholic Church, please stop them. Do not give them the floor unless yeah, sure. they're debating. Give us a fair fair amount of the floor. If I always, detect when I something here, I think is he false, speaks about I may the Pope. say. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, I don't really, I, I mean, what do you want me to do? I mean, if I He's detect something lying, that, if I detect no something, fact. if I detect something that seems like a lie, um, I may say something like, hey, that's pretty shocking. You know, do you have evidence for that? Or where are you getting that information? But I mean, but, if they say something about the Pope, I mean, it's probably true. Can I, can I ask Steph, Steph hi, uh, in your church, do pastors bless someone? Do they bless them on their head or do they Did pray you say for me? them? No, no. On your on your church, do the pastors uh, themselves they bless someone or pray for someone? Do they? Well, so they'll pray for somebody, but they don't administer a blessing. Um, I did go to a Catholic summer camp for a couple mm -hmm. of years, and if you weren't mm -hmm. Catholic, you would ask for just a blessing instead of the Eucharist. Communion. So yeah, yeah. So that that's the only time that priest is the only time I've ever seen someone in clergy administer a blessing. So is, is, is the priest blessing the person or blessing the sin? Um, he would, yeah, he would say, bless you, daughter, and then he would make the sign of the cross, and then he would move on to the next person. That's all I so got. Daughter. The so son and daughter, blessing. the so son and daughter blessing. apply, what, wait, uh, Abedian, you okay, asked me to sorry. catch inaccuracies, I potentially detect one, so I'm asking, yeah, does sure. the use of son or daughter doesn't just mean like human female or human male? Son or daughter implies kind of like God calling us his sons and daughters when we are in Christ. So if someone is not in Christ, like like what you're saying, like, you know, a sinner, someone who's presumably not trying to be, you know, in Christ, 
but they they believe enough to want some kind of blessing. If he's like, hey, bless you, son or daughter, why doesn't he say just like human male or female? Like son or daughter implies that's more like personal, like you know they're part of the family of God. Is that true? Well, or maybe maybe Steph didn't mean uh, a son or a daughter because I never heard when I went for the blessing because I couldn't receive communion. He says, uh, uh, "May God bless you and and put the hand on my forehead." He never said son or daughter. But anyway, we call him a spiritual father because he's the spirit. We are spiritual children to him. Right, we are literal children to God, but we are spiritual children to, to the priest because priest is, is in persona Christ, Christi, so uh, he represents Christ, right? You know, in, oh, yeah, in, in okay, a human so, form. okay, so, so he's just your spiritual father. So, you know, when Jesus says, Call no man father because you have one father, um, yeah, that makes sense. And, I'm and kidding, it doesn't Paul make says, sense. How and, do they do Saint that? Paul says, I, <laughs> and Saint Paul says, I became a father to you. So I, I is Saint Paul contradicting, or I, you don't understand the meaning of uh, "don't call no man father." Well, I get it. it's very different than I call my my parent, my dad, parent, father. Exactly. But if, about, but if we're talking about spiritual father, which is like the exact term you just used, that's like way way wonky. So if if you read the context of that verse you're quoting, when, oh, we're still doing this. We're talking says, about Catholic stuff. Do no, you have no, no. questions about yeah, like goldfish about, or anything? In or? the Bible, in the Bible, when when you're quoting from the Bible, right? Don't call no man father. But in what context he's saying? Because uh, the the Jewish people, the, the 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 Sadducees and Pharisees were going a bonesting, like look at me, look at me. Right, that, that that that's that's not written in in the Bible, and they were they were trying to get the first uh, seats on 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 the table and so on. And Jesus says, "Do do not be hypocrites like them. You know, they go boasting, and so people can call them fathers and leaders and this." That he's talking about the 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 the, the fatherhood, the boasting of them. So we have to put it in context. But when Paul says, "I became a father to you, and you're my child." He calls Timothy my child. So Timothy is he a little child or is he a child in in Christ? So yeah, he's a spiritual father. Saint Paul is a spiritual father to us also. He doesn't replace no, Christ. Well, we we were gonna have uh, I, I don't know. I was asking Pastor Mark, who apparently we, we weren't clear enough on our itinerary that he he scheduled marital counseling for tomorrow or like premarital counseling for people that want to get married. Um, <laughs> I can sum it up in one word: don't. Just kidding, just kidding. You know, because because devote all your time to Christ in that context. Uh, wives are amazing. Um, but but um, anyway, so he won't be here tomorrow, or it'll be later. But I floated the idea. I'm like, hey, Mark, uh, why don't we get Chris and Steph in a room and uh, you know you counsel them just like you would like a congregation or something. Anyways, I don't know. But since you guys are both on stage, it's been two weeks. Are we just gonna like? Uh, just move on by this and, and casually like get back into things or do we need to have yes. like a kumbaya moment? Oh, sure. I'm sorry for calling you the queen of heretics. It's more like a princess or something, right? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Chris, here's the thing, right? I'm never really too upset by the things you say individually. It's that it's like over and over and over and over and over. There just comes a point where it's like, all right, that's the way that guy is. And I'm, I'm just not going to, you know, not going to get too close to that person. That's where I am with it. What would you say are safe topics and what would you say are red zone topics for either of you? I don't even have it. It's more like the, the way that other people are treated by Chris. 
It's not any one thing he says. So I don't know there are any topics you need to avoid. Like I can have self-control and just realize that if I'm going to confront Chris, then I'm asking for it. Right. So that's mm, fair. I that I can, uh, I think that I can handle that being the situation. Well, right. So the, so the only thing, if we're going to do this is that we just need to have an acknowledgement of that there has been nonsense on both sides. Would that be accurate? Sure. I'm sure that I have done things to upset you as well. No, 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 not me. I'm talking about like literally hundreds of people. If nothing else, let me try to, let me, let me try to bridge. And I will say people calling Chris racist. I will say that is nonsense done on the other side and there is no supporting evidence. So if nothing else is fair, I think we can say people who have leveled race charges against Chris, that was unwarranted and unproven. So that would be unfair. Yes, I agree. And I have said that many, 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 many times. In fact, Chris doesn't know this, but I'm like his biggest defender, right? I'm constantly, and people in this room can attest to this. I go around in other rooms and talk about how it's not fair the way that people talk about Chris or make assumptions. I would agree. I don't have the same qualms that the people that Chris is mad at, I don't agree with them. Like, that's not my... That's not my problem. No, I understand. That, but there is a role that has been played with, with you and Malak with those people. And now it's they're like Frankenstein's monster that have escaped the yeah, castle. See, that's the and they're running around and that throwing children into wells. But right. we've admitted, right? So he said one admission. Um, this is where we should all move on because if we don't, then it's going to go back into this. And then you guys are going to be uh, at odds and that's going to make me sad again. So maybe just Frankenstein should not have made the monster. Yeah. So you and I are never going to agree about this, right? Is that what, what you and the quote hundreds of people with you who are upset about it, I think it's really only like five, is that Calvinism is being spoken against on the app. Like there are people, multiple people doing research and talking about how they disagree with Calvinism. Right? right, but they're not doing okay. real okay. research. They're, so they're, what they're doing, see, what they're this doing, is where you are not in. You don't so have enough information to make. I do, claim. I do, I do. Okay, because so I've the, been in their so rooms a the few thing, times, Chris, right? and so all the, the stuff that they've been taught Chris. is complete nonsense. Okay, you and can have your true. opinion. I am it's not, not going my to opinion. argue with you this about it. This is the it. objective fact that they are repeating things that are See, untrue. Nate, it's not any one thing he says. It's that rhetoric that I just, at this point, like I'm in the position where I just need to shut my mouth. Chris is going to accuse or just people. No, Chris is going to accuse people like me and Malak and others who've been teaching about Calvinism of rallying an army against Chris or whatever. But that's not like... That's nothing to do with me. I could care less. I think it's like a shiny object. We just have to hurry and distract with like another topic. Um, Because what is it? Like idle hands or the devil's playground? So like if there's no other topic... I mean like right now if I wanted to like, you know, totally uh, kill the mood, I could ask something about Catholicism and that would totally stop you guys' argument um, because there would be another topic. Except I'm really trying to give that topic a rest because that's all been all the topic recently. So a shiny object. Um, for example, uh, Frankenstein didn't make the monster on his own. <clears throat> there was lightning. Who controls lightning? Who controls matter? God. 
Therefore, God willed all the things that have befallen you. It's God's plan, Chris. Just rejoice in your sufferings. Um, I would think, even if you want to tell yourself, uh, Jesus had you in mind thousands of years later when he says, people will say all kinds of slender and things against you, but, uh, you know, hold true or whatever he says. How's that? Sure, sure. My, I guess my problem is just with the, the raw deception and the not taking responsibility for the raw deception. And if we can't Noted. agree yes, that, there was, okay. that there was either intentionally or unintentionally raw deception in these matters, then I, I'm just not sure that there's a, there's a way to, to fix anything. I deny. Uh, first of all, I'm not interested in fixing things with you because of this exact reason. And second of all, like, okay, this is the same thing that you did to me when I defended progressing pilgrim. And that did not turn out well for you, right? I was not defending Catholicism. Hold on. I was mm. not defending Catholicism. I was not defending his rhetoric. I was saying you should not treat people the way you are treating him, right? And so then you said the same thing about me then, that I was being deceitful, that I was trying to convince people to go to Catholicism. You called me a, a servant of the devil, okay? Hold on. That was a year ago. I forgave you. We've been friends for a year. And now the same thing is happening again, where I am speaking about what I know, which is quite a lot about Calvinism in a room. The room has gotten heated. And now you are calling me a servant of the devil. Like at a certain point, Chris, I just, I don't, I am sad that you feel that way. I have nothing more to say about it than that. Okay. So uh, Daniel Nero, you have been here. What's up, Daniel? How was life? Hope your day is going well. Woo! Thank you for that, Nate. Yeah. I'm doing fairly well. I'm just getting over a cold, but uh, other than that. Um, but I did want to make a quick comment. I've always found, okay, so maybe I haven't spent as much time around Chris as others, but in the time that I've spoken with Chris about theology, he's always been very generous with um, and answers questions, um, points to resources, is able to um, say things like, well, you know, I don't know that. I don't, I, I don't know, but we can find out. And it seems to me that there's another characterization of Chris in a, in a more negative way. And I haven't, I just haven't seen it. And I'm sure, I don't know why, um, what, how could it be that I haven't seen it? I've heard Chris speaking for a year or more than a year, maybe two years. So there's a lot of stuff that's I find a bit peculiar about this. Uh, well, yeah, not to believe that point. And yeah, my goal isn't necessarily to make like, uh, you know, <laughs> these two kumbaya and completely get over. Like, oh, I, I, I just I just want them to like be able to coexist in the same room because I like both of them. And, uh, you know, they both have a lot of good, valuable insight. So if they can, uh, you know, share that with the wider audience and, you know, deal with their differences. Um that's my goal, but uh, Ro Roivis, what's up? Not much. What's going on? I don't know much about the people in this panel and their histories, so I'm just sort of waiting for a topic to. Oh yeah, give us one. Do you have one? <laughs> I, I, that's what we're waiting for. Do you have a, a question or comment or anything? Uh, no, but I will. Just let let me uh, percolate over here. I'm sure, I'll think of something. Hey, Joanna. Welcome. Good morning. Well, my morning is good now because Daniel Nero is here. And just hearing your voice, Daniel, it's like a very soothing, warm and fuzzy 
feeling. Thank you. What a pleasure. What, what you guys don't know is Daniel has just signed a contract with Hallow, and so you can hear his <laughs> voice doing the voice of the rosary just for you guys. Well, did you hear about another contract, which um, it was the stupid water drink that they're get, trying, like, it's like the only bottled water thing or whatever you can get at, like, concerts now. Um, oh, my gosh. What is the thing? Someone know. Does anyone go to concerts now? But basically, it's like this oh, canned water. Quick. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, like that, that. that. Yeah, did we talk about that where it's like you can, like, get, like, a, a, a membership to their club, which does absolutely nothing. It's basically just, like, a newsletter. And you have to sign a contract to sell your soul. So, and it, it was like, um, it was kind of like, even people who weren't necessarily religious were like, okay, look, this is still creepy, right? Like, why is this place like offering you to like join their stupid newsletter for the price of your soul? It's like, that's creepy. Like, even if you're like, oh, I don't believe it. I'm an atheist, whatever. It's like, dude, head, hedge a little. Anyone want to talk about that? Or the other way, Chris, if someone's I, like, I don't know anything hey, about you... it. You'd have to educate us all on the topic. Like, Oh, well, look at okay, like, yeah. so there's this company that has, they're actually quite brilliant. This brilliant marketing scheme of selling water in a can. Okay. It's canned water. Just like you would buy a beer can. It's like a tall boy, whatever, you know, and it's water. And they have on the front, this like incredibly like Victorian, whatever Gothic font that says liquid death. And it is just water. That's all it is. So the idea is that they have been marketing this to men and talking about how like their commercials are all about how like liquid death will make you healthier. It's just extolling the virtues of drinking water, right? But they have marketed this to like Satanists and concert go rock concert goers and men at large and da 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 da. So really all all it is is you are signing up for a club that does nothing, selling your soul uh, for a company that does canned water, and it's just the most brilliant marketing I've ever seen. That's what it is. Yeah, so Chris, um, with your Christian beliefs, I mean, certainly probably not wise, but what would you think about this? Someone's like, hey, Christian, I'll give you this for, uh, you know, sign this contract for your soul. Um, is that something you could even do at this point? Like, do you, do you put any stock in that? Or is that kind of like, uh, you know, like Paul, where they're like, you know, don't eat food from demons. But the reasoning was, you know, you can totally eat food from demons. It's like nonsense. It doesn't mean anything because, you know, you're in Christ. Uh, but don't do that because, you know, it could cause someone else to get their hackles up. So don't do it. Um, where do you stand on that? Would you, uh, would you, you know, sell your soul um, in some I mean, sort of fashion like that, believing you even could? I mean, you can only sell your soul if you had libertarian free will, which is fake. So. How about you, Steph, with your libertarian free will? Is this, yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Like, does God honor man-made contracts? And there, you know, where it says, like, pay back your debtors and render unto Caesars what is Caesars, right? Like, we're instructed to and, and swear not by this or that, right? Um, so it's like, if you enter a contract with another person that you sold your soul, is that something that God would honor because he warned us to be uh honest in our dealings i don't know it's something i'm not going to test how about that like i sold my soul and all i got was this lousy t-shirt yeah exactly like anything along those lines you will not catch me doing just in case yeah i think err on the side of caution 
like, you know, I'm not really superstitious, but I mean, if I can avoid breaking a mirror, sure, I'll avoid it. I mean, I don't want to clean it up, but also, you know, I don't want bad luck. I'm not, I'm not typically what you would call a super lucky person anyway. So, uh, you know, why chance it? Whenever there's cracks in sidewalks, I, I, I usually um, just pay attention and just see like how many you crack your mother's like, back, like how how weird my gait is to to take uh, the amount of time it takes from not stepping on a crack, not stepping on a crack. Oh, would step on a crack. It's usually about four steps. You've inspired you me. Just mate. a touch of OCD, man. Just a touch. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty far down that rabbit hole. A touch of OCD. <laughs> Nate, <laughs> Nate has a gallon bucket of OCD that he carries around with him, um, but uh, in the form of hand sanitizer. But um, I would. I, you've inspired me. You've inspired me. I am going to go out and buy 13 black cats, and I am going to go and to the dollar store and buy as many mirrors as I can and smash them all. Well, I've got two black cats. You like $13 worth of dollar store. <laughs> uh, Daniel, you want to, you want to like smash some beers with me? Sound like you said beers. Uh, I said mirrors, but I mean, I don't think I could drink 13. Well, St. Bernardus, I could definitely not drink 13. You'd be on the floor after four. St. Bernardus? Is that like a weird IPA made by Friars or something? Belgian. It's made of Belgian it is, the, yeah. it is the finest Belgian ale, is it not? I mean, maybe you have a difference of opinion. We can, we can debate it, but, you know, I, I really love St. Bernardus, especially after 12. It's uh, one of the best ones. I, I don't know. Yeah, there's some really good ones. So. I've been to Belgium. Went to the Delirium Bar. They have that shit on tap. What's up, Mustafa? Yeah, there was, there used to be a place in town that had Saint Bernardus on tap because you have to have like special equipment and stuff to do it, and um, they stopped doing it after a while. It's kind of a bummer. I'm gonna start calling Chris Mustafa. <laughs> Real Mustafa, what's up? If you're speaking. Uh, uh, hello, Nate. What's up? How's it going? Oh, we'll see in a minute. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of questions regarding Trinity. I really do understand. Do on uh, do want to understand the Trinity, because it's still confusing and perplexing to me. I'm trying to understand how come the Christianity, which is uh, said to be, which is claimed to be the monotheistic religion, uh, they actually uh, try to make people convinced about Trinity. Because as far as I'm concerned, uh, Trinity is based on three gods. So how can I? actually, you know, promote Trinity being one of the monotheistic uh, religion. Through spiritual discernment, it will be revealed. The way to have this revealed to you through spiritual discernment is to start with step one, which is Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, how he as God came in the flesh to forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life. Once someone accepts that and follows Christ, the Holy Spirit will live with that person and guide them into truth and understanding. So Jesus is and one God. Holy Spirit is another God. Holy sense. Spirit is I'm, another God. And Father, well, and Father well, is another God. Me, well, since you cut me off halfway through, I'm beginning to see why you may be having trouble. No, no, no. I'm not cutting off. I'm actually Wait, trying Mustafa, to understand the three entity that is based on, Mustafa, that is actually supporting Trinity. 
Mustafa, mute. We waited to speak here because you asked questions. So wait, wait for your turn. Mute yourself. Well, I was kind of done with that point, but but yeah. So believe in Jesus, who is God, and then you will have spiritual discernment that will come along and make a lot of this other stuff make sense because you need spiritual discernment, which you do not have. Yeah, I just wanted to ask him, Mustafa, does only Allah forgive sin? Mustafa, can you give us a yes or no answer? Only Allah forgives sins, right? Hello? Uh, Mustafa, just hit that mute button. Yeah. I want your confirmation. Is it only Allah forgives sins? I'm about to say this is the work of God right now. Um, okay, so <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I don't know what you're going to say next, but um, that that's the answer. So trying to understand like these deep spiritual truths about God um, – you really have to start with step one, the most simple thing. So no, Jesus but Nate, is God. Nate, th oh, they no, have the same. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. They, no, no, for, the, forget Jesus. I'm have, sure what you were saying was more important. Go ahead. <laughs> they have the Trinity uh, uh, accidentally in. I mean, like <laughs> in composed Trinity in the Quran as well. Yeah, like but Allah, the prophet, like and something else. Right. Yeah, well, the black stone, I was going to go because the black stone forgives sins. Uh, whoever touched it and kissed it uh, will forgive sins. So black stone is Allah. So it's this doctrine that the, you know, the Quran says that Christianity is polytheistic. It's just is what it is. Yeah. So that's where he's coming from. Yeah, and it's just a gross misunderstanding but you know when you get cut off like every time you try to speak it's like okay well do you see why you may have an incorrect understanding um you you won't listen or try to make sense of it like that's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy it's like explain everything about the trinity okay well the trinity is you're not explaining you're explaining you're explaining well the trinity is but you're not explaining you it's like okay well you're, you're fulfilling your own prophecy like he who has ears let him listen and by the way, like the guy's still up here, like Mustafa, if you can find that mute button, go ahead and, and talk again. Um, but I don't know if he's not uh, able to find the mute button or the Lord has no. shut his mouth. He found the exit button. Like the lions in Daniel? <clears throat> uh, Mustafa, are you able to speak? Uh, Nate, I'm listening to you. Will you allow me to speak? Yeah, we've been trying to get you to speak. Yeah, uh, I don't think uh, Trinity is a monotheistic religion. Mustafa, I ask you, who, who uh, if you support Trinity, you are getting out of the monotheistic religion Mustafa, because who, Jesus who didn't talk about Trinity. Nate, listen to me, listen to me. If you just cut me off in the middle of the conversation, I'll, I'll not be able to, I'll not be able to finish, hear, hear me out, I'll not be able to finish my conversation, okay? So, Jesus, did Jesus talk about Trinity? Did Jesus promote Trinity ever in his life? Can you just give me substantial sure. evidence from the Bible that Jesus talked about Trinity? Sure. When he said, I am the Father, are one, in the very first page of the Bible, when the Father is talking. No, no, it says, doesn't necessarily God. talk about Trinity. Oh, who's cutting her off either now? Well, no, you don't have to talk about Trinity if you are the Trinity. So in the very first page of the, the Bible, the Father says, let us make man in our image. Like, why would he say, hey, by the way, you know, we are Trinity. Let's talk about our Trinity-ness. They are the Trinity. So the Father is talking to the Son 
while the Holy Spirit is hovering over the face of the deep. Like, you can see the Trinity right there. They don't need to say Trinity, Trinity, Trinity. They are the Trinity, and you see it displayed right there, the triune nature of God. The Father is talking to the Son and says, let us make man in our image, while the Holy Spirit is also present in a different location. So that is the Trinity. They don't need to say it. They are it. Okay, Nate. Uh, the question is that, now I've got a question. Uh, who is more powerful? Is Jesus powerful or the Father powerful or, or, the, or the Holy Spirit powerful? Who, who is more powerful? Or are they equally powerful? I have the answer, but there's no way you're going to receive it. <laughs> no, it's really an inquisitive question. Uh, it's not that much ridiculous that you think it to be? Yeah, so the, no, I think it's a lot deeper than you're prepared to entertain. So, I mean, let, let, test me. I could be proven wrong. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Okay, uh, Jesus says the Father is greater than all. However, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all God. So the reason there's like this hierarchical system is because each of them has a role that they adopted on their own. So Jesus, you know, says he submitted. So God didn't dominate, uh, you know, the father God didn't dominate God the son and force Jesus into submission. Like you don't see like forcing and hierarchy and, you know, people battling it out for who's, who's more powerful. Uh, but there's this agreed upon role. Like the Holy Spirit agrees, you know, he will be our comforter. He will be our peace giver. Um, and the son, so they all have their role. They are all God. So, yes, the father is greater than all, but they are all God. So this is like a, an agreed upon stance that all three take. Jesus is the role of the son. The Holy Spirit is the role of the comforter and the peacemaker, the peace giver. And the father is, uh, you know, the father. So that is the answer. Let's see if you receive that or not. What do you think? Do, do father and son reconcile every single time or do they oppose do they ever oppose is there any is there any chance that they are going to oppose in any matter no. and you, you wanted something where jesus speaks of this jesus actually says he says i only do what the father does he says i only do and say what the father says and what the father does so jesus is in perfect will of the father all the time so Jesus, uh, the decision of the Jesus and the decision of the Father, uh, both of them are going to reconcile with each other. They're going to be harmonious. Yes. Oh, uh, okay. So still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still don't understand one thing actually. So how can he just, how can he just validate uh, this idea or uh, dogma of three gods, three entity of God, uh, where? Uh, both of them actually are equally powerful and not trying to uh, not, not trying to you know uh, overpower each other because we know that uh, if there uh, if there is any powerful source and they try to actually overpower, overpower each other they try to get more dominant over each other so why is there this kind of harmony you're talking about because they're because not this absolutely three, against because, because, because this is absolutely against them. you ask a question because they are not three separate gods. It's, it goes back to the root of your understanding. And I, I guess it's your, your upbringing or just like, like how uh, cultural, I, I don't know. But however you're understanding it, it breaks. Like, like your understanding breaks the Christian ver view of the Trinity before you even get started. So even though we keep telling you, like I just have, how it's not three gods, you automatically see, seem compelled to start from, it is three gods, therefore they need to have a test of dominance. 
And we're like, no, it is the same God. It's like, you know, if you believe in like um, body, soul, and spirit or some sort of like um, dualistic or trichotomy concept, like I'm sure you believe something like that. So it's like, if you believe you have a spirit, your spirit and your body are not fighting for dominance. Like you, Mustafa, have your flesh and you, Mustafa, have your spirit. So you wouldn't say Mustafa is fighting Mustafa. You would say, well, yeah, my spirit is Mustafa and my body is Mustafa. Together, we we are all Mustafa. It would be something like that. So you don't have you're not fighting with yourself, just like the Father, Son, Spirit. Similarly, all analogies break down. But for example, like that's why the Father, Son, and Spirit are not fighting each other because they are the same God. They're the same being. They're not different beings. That's the answer. Uh, Chris, Steph, either of you have anything to say? Damn many Orthodox people on the panel. Um, Albanians, basically Orthodox. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, I'm not kidding, but <laughs> see, <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I just Albanian. want to confuse Mustafa even more by talking about the uh, procession, the eternal procession of the Holy Spirit. And I, I think the Orthodox position is that it's a dual procession from both the Father and the Son. Oh, that's the Western and the Catholic view. one is it only comes from the Father, and that was a big, that was a big point of contention. You got it. You got it flipped. The West, uh, like the, the West is dual. Well, we, sure. we wouldn't say duo procession, um, just depending on what you mean. But we we it's called the filioque controversy, right? And the West would say that the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, and the the East or the Orthodox would say the Father only. Well, I'm sorry I got it backwards, but that'd be a fun one to get into. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, the Trinity was hammered out over a time period. You know, you had a couple, like you had the Sibelian, Sibelianism, Arianism, these other things that are now heresies, but it kind of had to be worked out. I think it's because you had this Jesus um, situation and you run the danger of having a lesser sort of God, a lesser Yahweh. And so they had to kind of work it into this Trinity thing. Um, but I, I understand the narrative now is that it, it's, oh, it's clearly in the Bible. It always has been. And, you know, I think it's a little bit of a, a narrative there. But, yeah, but I'm an atheist, so what do I know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't personally get my, my Trinity views from, like, any, I mean, anything after the Bible. I mean, if people happen to say, like, you know, there's a church father that says something about the Trinity that I agree with, I, I agree with it because, you know, they, they share my interpretation of what we get in Scripture, uh, not not because it's like some something out of left field. But I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Um, but, I mean, you know, if they're like, well, hey, have you noticed the Trinity, uh, you know, iteration in John, John the Baptist? When John baptizes Jesus, Jesus' body is in the water. Uh, you know, he's clearly there in person. The Holy Spirit descends like a dove, and the voice calls out from heaven, this is my beloved Son, um, who I'm well pleased. I mean, if they say something like that, I'd be like, oh yeah, I see that in the Bible. Not because you brought it up, but because I've always seen it in the Bible. Um, so so you, like, you weren't, you weren't taught the doctrine of the Trinity? Um, just read the no, Bible? Yeah, no, not like this. Like, I, I mean, the, you know, I, I grew up in, like, Assemblies of God, kind of like Pentecostal church where, you know, we believed in the Trinity, but my knowledge of the Trinity, I'm really trying to think, it didn't come from that. Like, it was, it was like the most rudimentary understanding, like, 
um, you know, because on a Sunday service, it's very just like, you know, um, surface level messages and stuff like that. Like, you know, even people that believe these deep doctrines, that's usually where you'll get more in like Bible study or small groups. But like, as far as like main, just like Sunday morning church services go, like, I mean, it's pretty, pretty easy going because, you know, all the visitors and all the people like that. And, you know, but stuff. Who, uh, all the people who, uh, Mustafa, you gotta, you gotta mute Mustafa. Uh, okay, Mustafa, I just dropped you for a minute. Cause like, I can't mute you. But anyways, um, he's like it's planning, pretty surface he's level. planning some stuff, man. He's, you know, they're getting together. They've got their, you know, parts. They're building. Oh my parts. gosh. This is why three people is all we need. <laughs> uh, Mustafa, I'll bring you up in a minute, but you un unmuted and it was distracting. Um, but even in these like Trinitarian churches, like if you go on a Sunday morning, you're going to hear the basic like ABCs of Christianity because that's the ultimate thing that matters is like, you know, repent, believe the gospel, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. And typically there's like an altar call and something like that. So even when people talk about the Trinity, they're like, oh, yeah, you know, God is God is, uh, you know, three in one, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, you know, something like that. You get a very surface level. Um, usually I, I and I can't speak for all Trinitarian churches, but I was never really walked through it or taught any of the stuff I just said. Um, that came from me just like straight up reading the Bible on my own. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, I see this. Like it just leaps out. And the, I believe that goes to like spiritual discernment because a lot of people who are like, you know, atheists or, you know, Muslims or whatever, um, they'll say, like, well, hey, we read the whole Bible. We read it a bunch of times. Um, we don't get what you're talking in there. We can't make sense out of it. I'm like, well, for me and like, you know, these other Christians, it's just like clear as day. We're reading the exact same words yet we come to complete different realizations. So uh, some could just call that an amazing experiment or study or coincidence. I'm going to say that's been spiritually revealed, just like the claim the Bible makes. Well, and, you know, there is catechisms. We should be doing that. Don't know well, nothing yeah, about he that. Said... <laughs> He said he didn't get uh, taught anything. He just read the Bible no, and figured I don't know. it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like the right thing to do is catechism. So like, hey, Kyoto, let's just do this real quick. What is the chief end of man? <laughs> to glorify God and enjoy him forever. See, and I would have said the exact same thing because we memorized the catechism. Yeah, catechism. Yeah, don't, don't need no catechism. Oh boy! <laughs> Wait, by oh boy, is this where like, uh, is this where you like? Well, how can you interpret? How can you possibly know? Or is that like an oh boy, like in a different direction? Well, I I wasn't gonna say like how could you interpret? Like I'm not like a like a Jesuit like like skeptic or something. I was just saying oh boy, like I think catechisms are really important, and you don't sort of thing. Well, I mean, you could say, I mean, you could say like the content of the catechism. I mean, it's like the Trinity, right? Like the word Trinity didn't exist till like the 1800s. So if you say like the word Trinity is not important and they're like, no, the word Trinity is not important. But when you say Trinity, you mean understanding the triune nature of God. I'm like, well, yeah, that's really important. So if by catechism, you mean like in a nutshell, understanding your faith and what you believe and why you believe it and confessing that I'd say, well, yeah, that's very important. But if you specifically say like, the catechism, like the nice little neat organized package it comes in. I'm like, well, well, no, that that's not important. That some person invented this and then like put it in a package. I'm like, but but no, of course the content is important. If that's what we're saying. 
Well, the first for the first catechism was the Didache to conform our our faith as Christians. That was made in year fifty. If yeah, it's Christian it. Christian throughout history have understood the importance of creeds, confessions, and catechisms. And the reason is, um, like, it being done specifically like a, this catechism instead of just, like, vaguely the contents of what's in the catechism is because it's easier for people to understand um, and, and or memorize when it's uniform like that. Well, yeah, I, I well... I get that. I would have some things like, first of all, if you're memorizing something, we could talk about that. But if it's like memorizing something like, a, I don't know, a prayer or a rosary or something that you, you dedicate to memory versus, I, I don't know, like some sort of spiritual attunement. I, I get it. I'm trying to think of the easiest way to do this. Like, yes, um, knowing what you believe and why you believe is important. It's very important. Um, turning things into Latin phrases. How about that? Could that be an agreement point, Chris? What do you think of that? Like when things start getting Latin words, just back up. How about that? Is that fair? That may be fair. If things start turning into Latin, just turn and go back to the Bible. Go back. Ceteris, to the Bible. ceteris paribus. That just means holding all things equal. Deus vult. You're not a mean? like a. <laughs> you're not a five solos guy, or not, not a Saint Jerome fan, I guess. Maybe. I mean, I, mean, I appreciate so, his hand in putting the canon together, but I mean, the guy's not infallible. I like a couple of quotes he had, but I mean, you know. Yeah, he also let a, di a lady die of starvation at his house. So, you know. Why are you so, always, hey, you say, so Chris, you are always hating on the patristics. Like, you're just dogging on them. Did you guys, by the way, did you guys know that Chrysostom was anti Semite? Did you know that? That is true. Um, yeah, so uh, he burned down a synagogue. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, church history is complicated. Um, there's the, the, the apotheosis of the church fathers isn't really fair to them. Um, and, and what I would say is that we have creeds and confessions, um, and catechisms because they're very effective in passing on the faith in terms of when somebody is actually regenerated, they have a body of knowledge to work with, and they're not just walking around in the dark trying to figure it out for themselves. They're in a covenant community that is actually teaching and discipling them. So like my son, when we go through the catechism, and we're doing Westminster Shorter right now, um, you know, the, the idea of the catechism is not to give him a bunch of rote knowledge, but it's things that he can fall back on that are actual like content of the scripture. Um, and the one that we use actually has the scripture references. And so he, we look up the scripture references and, and it's a useful tool for him as a 14 year old boy to know how to answer these questions. So when I ask my son, just like I asked Kyoto, who could be my son? Um, it's pretty funny, right? Um, you know, what is the chief end of man? He immediately knew what I was talking about because that's the very first, that's the very first question and answer in the catechism, right? Um, now, if I got up to like, you know, number 132, you know, we might be like, oh, I better look that one up because I'd have to look it up, right? But a lot of the important ones are really foundational to the faith. And that's why we use catechisms because they are especially useful. It's not a replacement for the scripture or a replacement for Bible reading, but it's just a way to teach sound doctrine without like having to, you know, read 10,000 pages of, of 
you know, theology. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the Bible, and I was going to say just read the Bible, even though it's not 10,000 pages. I think you checkmated yourself, or I'm going to see it that way. But no, I mean, it's not like it's unuseful. But I mean, you know, things have names and like stuff attached to them. So when you think of the rainbow flag now, it's like, ah. And every Christian knows what it means biblically, but it still has like a, a soot attached to it now because of what's happened to it. So it's like when you say like, you know, catechism, I instantly think like, you know, Catholicism, even though if Chris is like, no, no, no. But that's where my mind goes. That's what I think. Um, so if you want to call it, I don't know, something else um, and be like, well, look, it's a quick discipleship guide. It's a quick statement of faith. Wonderful. It's like even, even like I mean, I'm not immune to it. Like also use like the Athanasian Creed, right? Um, especially with the scripture references, because it's very useful. And that's where I, I, I might find church fathers like, you know, let's let's take some councils. Let's take some creeds um, because they're not saying anything that's like apart from the scripture. They're, they're like di directly quoting or like talking about scripture. So all they're doing is just putting it in succinct order, like topically, like Ath the Athanasian Creed about the Trinity. Um, that would be that's great. And then it has the scripture references. So they're not like interpretate uh, interpreting a lot or using a lot of man-made knowledge. They're just like, hey, this this is good for a topic, for a statement of our faith about the Trinity. Um, and here it is. So I'm like, well, that's great. I still use that. But then if you want to get into like Miriam doctrines, I'm like, oh, no, that is like so much interpretation of man. Just just know to all of it. And then one more thing. And then I'm going to have to run a little bit after you guys get to find lots. I, I actually have a work meeting to go to today. It like never happens except yesterday and Friday. But anyway, so um, whenever we put too much uh, like stock in <laughs> the church, go with me, not the universal like church of Christ, but I mean like a church, a denomination, like the Catholic church, Anglican church, whatever. Um, then we're attached to all the bad stuff too. So it's like if you just stop with like the universal body of believers in Christ, it's like that church, that church, like by definition, is pretty spotless and wrinkle free. If you start attaching like, you know, man-made stuff to it and be like, this is the one true church. Wait, the one that killed, ton killed tons of people that didn't believe like them, that church? Um, or, you know, someone last night was talking, they're like, oh, well, you're a Protestant. So, you know, look what the Anglican church did, persecuting Catholics. I'm like has nothing to do with me. I'm non-denominational as a day is long. I'm not attached to the Anglican church, the Catholic church, any other denomination. It's like my allegiance and my attachment is to the first century church of Christ, the universal body of believers, denomination and fancy buildings aside. All right, that's all I got. Who wants to give some final thoughts? Yeah, and you say all that to say what about why we shouldn't have catechisms? I didn't say you shouldn't have a catechism. I, f I forgot what we said, but I'm pretty sure you shouldn't have one wasn't something I said. It was like, like what? Like unnecessary or, or, rather, or complicates or, things? Or rather, why you think it's... Okay, do you think it's better or worse to catechize people? By catechize, you mean disciple? No, by catechize, I mean like catechize them with the catechism. Teach, teach them the catechism. Yeah. What, all like 300 lines? Well, no, what I'm saying is by the time we're calling it a catechism, I are I, I just don't... Wait, like... wait, what did you say? I didn't hear that last part. Who, me? Yeah, first. the first thing you said. Well, the first thing I said was the only thing I said. I said by the time we start calling it catechism, that's my... That's my I just don't like it. 
That doesn't mean I don't like the content. I don't like the word. I don't like the name. It makes me think of Catholicism. Whether or not that's the case, which I get it, Chris, it's, it's maybe not for everyone. But for me, that's just what I think. I don't like it. But then I don't know how we're still on this. If you say, well, look, it's the content and this is your statement of faith. This is, you know, how you know what you believe and why you believe it. Yes, that's good. Okay, Chris, if you want to call it catechism and I'm stuck on Christian discipleship, bridge the difference for me. Where's that gap? So it's just a first step in discipleship. Like it's it's learning the basic, like the super basic doctrines of the faith, right? Like the Trinity is one in essence, three in persons, you know, like the, it's just basic, basic stuff. Like, you know, the catechism is not out there teaching you like the, the glories of infralapsarianism. I mean, like that's not the purpose of the catechism. It's to teach the very basics of the faith in a systematized way that all children within a community would be able to bounce that knowledge off of each other because they're all working from the same playbook. And, and it's not, and it is biblical and, and it is the way, in fact, the, the, the ancient Jews would teach children, you know? So, I mean, this is not something that is outside of the household of faith that, you know, you no, I'm not, I'm not saying it is, but I'm just wondering why you think I'm saying something bad about the processes when I'm just saying I don't like that it's been like I, I it makes me feel a certain way that it's been organized into such a it's what we would call Sunday school like what you're saying like it's a very basic discipleship it's this very basic this I mean great that's what the rest of us call Sunday school well the the <clears throat> I'm gonna have the to danger the danger I see in not having catechism and doing what you did Nate well whilst we're we're glad that you came to like the conclusion that like the Trinity is true and the Bible does teach the Trinity. The problem with the disposition of I don't care what the church says, um, I'm just gonna do my own deductions from the scriptures. Um, a lot of times from that you're gonna get these Frankenstein theologies that you see on here. Um where people have like no care in the world if anybody in history ever held to their view at all like at all like there's binatarians on this app who don't know a single person in the universe that holds their position or right, the history yeah. of the universe. or like baptized but, by but, jesus well hang on okay you know knowing me would you say there's a little bit of difference between me and baptized great yeah that's why so again, that's, that's why it, I said, well, well again Kyoto, well, i really do have to go well, you asked but me Kyoto, it's, it's uh the baptized thing that was us for whoever is kind of you asked me if there's a um, difference. Uh, okay, I think you answered good enough, but I, I really do have to go. Um, oh, I'll okay. be back here tomorrow. But um, um, crap, I was trying to make one more thirty second point. Um, anyway, but it's not just like I happenstance came to these conclusions about everything. Like, and when you say the church, like the first century church, the New Testament church, yes, great. Um. When you talk about, you know, pastors who follow this and adhere to Acts and the church and Titus and all these other things, like these pastors, these leaders, yes, it's not like I'm an unchurched person. I've gone to church my entire life. Um, but when you say the church and you're talking about a specific, like, denomination or Catholic I'm or not, certain Protestant not. denomination, right, so when you say the church, yes, I'm following the church, but the church uh, doesn't have, you know, like, in... Um, it, it's, like, really liturgical, like, I guess where you and Chris, like, come from. I didn't realize Presbyterians were like so so close to that Catholic uh, Catholic branch compared to everyone else. But I'm you know very like grew up 
non-denominational, Baptist, Pentecostal, like that type of area. None of these people have ever uttered the word catechism. Yet, if you watch what we do for like new converts and stuff like that, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know they did the catechism. I'd be like, what's the catechism? And make it's what you're doing. So, I mean, it, it's the word. Just like we're doing, it sounds like very similar content and teaching methods. We just don't call it, you know, fancy words. Anyways, I, I do where I have to run. But thanks for the discussion. Okay. I'll be back here we tomorrow. can pick this up later. Yeah, sure. Um, right, later, we'll guys. be in another. Kyoto, I'll join you over in Matt Yester's room.